Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> this is the first ever podcast of the BS Book Club. Yeah, we don't really know what we're doing, so <laughs> we'll have uh, we'll have standardized intros and closures at some point. Um, but for now, it's it's this. So right. So the BS Book Club stands for exactly what you think it means, as well as Brandon and Shandon. My name is Brandon, and I'm Shandon. And welcome to our book club. <laughs> One, it's fun, and we want to do something in life that gets us excited. And then two, we are terrible at reading books, and we need something to motivate us to read books. So that's what we're doing. Because you know, you know how it goes. You, you have a stack of books that you start to read, or you buy and you think you're going to read at some point and then you never read them and then they sit there and collect dust. That's us. And so we're <laughs> using this to make those books get read. And the book we're going through now, I luckily didn't have to buy. It was gifted to me. But it's been on my shelf for about three years and I've been mm. told to read it numerous times by Shandon and I just now picked it up because mm. we decided to do this. So it's working. <laughs> like this has this has already been more than what we than what we have done in the past. We record one episode. This is an accomplished adventure. So we hope you enjoy uh, just our thoughts and, and commentary on the book. Uh, we're currently reading Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. It's a very, very good book. Yeah. Very good book. I uh, I just love this book so much. I recommend it to every dude. It's kind of a dude's book. Yeah, it's called Discovering the the quote or whatever under it is Discovering the Secret of a Man's Soul. So mm. it's kind of like a discovering your identity as a man kind of book. Um, but gosh, I've read this book. This will probably be my third or fourth read through, mm. and every time it makes me gives me in the feels so yeah i would say like from a perspective of like not knowing really anything about this book it like it has shocked me just like of how direct it can be um and how encouraging at the same time as confrontational uh to the to like manhood in our society um so yeah i've i've enjoyed it thus far uh it's good I like yeah it. uh should we explain? Should we explain our our idea for the the BS part of the book club, or is it, we should just have that as a segment later on? We'll make that a segment yeah. later on. I think this is the first episode, and we've we've both read all three chapters that we're going our, to our discuss. Three assigned, yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna talk about three of the, the first three chapters. Yeah. So, so, all right, let's let's jump into it. I'm curious because we started to talk about the book when we first when he first got here. And then we had to quickly stop talking about the book because we wanted to record our conversation, yeah. obviously. So what do you, I mean, like, what do you actually think so far? You seem pretty excited. Oh, yeah. So this, I think it's been, and I have to realize, just for the sake of this, I have to talk to you and not to this not. audience because that's the <laughs> only way that it's really going to work. <laughs> um, but I think, like, it's, for me, it's been very, um, it's been interesting because the book talks a lot about this very manly, very masculine type of male of which I'm I'm not. Like right, I'm yeah. more of a of a of a soft individual, but it's talking very aggressively about um, this this man that's very confrontational and able to 
uh, stand tall and all, all these different things, which, like, I certainly believe that I have elements of, but at right. the same time, like, it took me a long time to come to terms with me being a soft male in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I find this book very interesting because it encourages me to, to look into those aspects of of what I'm lacking as a man and, like, um, and what, like, maybe not lacking, but just I'm not as strong at. Mm-hmm. And, like, it challenges me to, to get better at those things. Um, I know that also, like, in... Uh, like my relationship a lot of the things that have come up and like oh like that's something I could do a lot better in my relationship like these are things like I've just been super passive about but there's like a lot of things I can be really active in in pursuing so Um, so that's like kind of like my first take on it like I just like that it was kind of hard to wrap around the premise when I'm such not that right it's describing somebody that you're not yeah almost you're like well, I'm not this. Yeah. Like, it starts talking about, well, the whole intro is, he's out in the wilderness talking about, like, an elk and how elusive it is and stuff. So it's immediately you're kind of in this, in this world of, like, somebody who, you know, goes out on adventures and stuff. And so, like, neither of us. Have you ever been hunting? I have when I was younger. Okay. So, like, I kind of could put myself in that mental space. But, like, neither, neither of us really do this kind of stuff. Like, Yeah, I am definitely, I'm not a hunter. I couldn't kill that squirrel that was in my <laughs> in my house. I set it free. Um, so, yeah, and so, like, I do think it's, it was harder for me to get into the, to the headspace here about where he starts off. Yeah, when I, I when I read this um, very recently... <laughs> Um, how men are kind of suffocating in society right now. Mm. Like, gosh, today, I mean, I don't know when this book was written. I mean, fairly recently, so. Uh, I have a copyright 2001, but I think the copyright might have started in 1960. It's, it's a good book. It's, I think it, it's fairly recent. But like today, I mean, gosh, I think the problem of manhood in general is just, it's on a decline. It's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. And like, we see that with mass shootings and just like I mean just like it's always dudes and I don't know there's so many there's so many things we could talk about but like yeah. the thing that like reached out to me the most was how like men are just kind of suffocating like uh, I wish I had highlighted it um, <laughs> oh that's right it was it, he d- gives this example of um, a lion in a zoo and like all at once he's like terrified of it and that he knows it's powerful but like it's in a cage and, like, he could sometimes hear the lion's, roar, like, sad roars from, like, his home. For after years of living in a cage, a lion no longer even believes it's a lion. And a man no longer believes he is a man. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really stood out to me. Because, like, I feel like most dudes don't really know who they really are. They're kind of putting up a facade, trying to be, you know, this macho person. They're trying to, just trying, trying something. Mm-hmm. We've had conversations where, like... Just knowing who you are is such a huge thing. Mm-hmm. For me, knowing, just having any sort of grid for who I'm supposed to aspire to be has been so hard in my life. And like this book was definitely super impactful. It gets really deep as you go further. but uh, I think that, yeah, I think that thing about the, the lion is interesting because like I, I know personally I felt that like really like the past year 
uh, as you know, like I've not really been in something that's been like set my soul on fire in any kind yeah. of way. So it's like, and I don't know if you've really found an area of life where you felt that way besides maybe like when you're shooting videos with lists. Yeah, um, sometimes, right? I, yeah, it's, it gets very hard. And I'm just like, it's a, it's a really big fear of mine to go through, go through life and not have those, not have a passion. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's been a lot of the root of my depression over the last year is that like I haven't had something that's been really, uh, really something I can get behind and fight for. That's something we should talk about, how the premise of the book is that um, men want, uh, what is it? They need a battle to fight. Um, a beauty to fight for. Somebody, Yeah, somebody to fight for. Usually it's a woman. Um, and what was the last one? A battle to fight. Oh, oh look, they're they're characterized. A beauty to rescue, and and there's a little thing about the feminine heart. Um, maybe, maybe it's just those two things. No, there's there's three. Well, it talks about while you're looking trying to find a third one. It talks about a battle to fight, and this is totally true. Like, it starts like you you notice it in kids. Like it gives it talks about. Um, I don't know, as kids, like, dudes are always, like, getting their guns and, like, playing cowboy and Indians. I definitely did that as a kid. Um, every guy movie is an action movie. You know, there's always action hero. You know, some of my favorite movies he talks about in this book all the time, which is hilarious. Like, he references Braveheart and Gladiator and all those amazing movies that could never be recreated. And nobody's ever made a movie just as good as those movies since. There's a reason, I think, guys like fighting like war like that kind of thing like mm-hmm. for me i mean my favorite movie is lord of the rings and i just get so fired up when i watch those movies mm. like or if i watch braveheart or like gladiator you just get at least i personally feel something that like if i look over at my girlfriend and she's like this is stupid they're just, punching, <laughs> they're just fighting they're just cutting each other up like why are you so excited about this movie i get it like every action movie is the same there's something not primitive, but like something deep that I yeah. that I feel. Yeah. When I watch those kind of things. I get that. I oftentimes find myself uh daydreaming about maybe battles to fight or like Really? Yeah. Yeah, like just random things. Like adventure like the other part is adventures an adventure to live. Yeah, there it uh, is. Sweet. So it's a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. At least that's what my version says. I'm not sure if they updated it with a newer one, but um so, like, yeah, I oftentimes find myself daydreaming about really just any kind of, kind of fight. And not in, the, not in a way that's like, oh, I wish I could get in a fight. Right, but just, yeah. like, I do because it's entertaining. And, like, I, I find a part of me that en- enjoys that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fighter. <laughs> I don't think either of us are. <laughs> I, think yeah, I, yeah, I think we would lose... Maybe if we were together against one person. <laughs> uh, but We have a book club, so yeah. we're going to get beat up. <laughs> so. It's so true. Uh, but I do, yeah, I do think it is ingrained um, in every man. And that's, what, that's one of the things I did find interesting, how he's able to just so clearly lay those out. Yeah, like he explains like, something you feel, yeah, but you don't know how to put words to yeah, it. Yeah, like things that I never knew. I knew, but I didn't like, as you're reading consciously it, yeah. realize. As you're reading it, you're like, yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. thank you for explaining in the, that. In the first chapter, he talks a little bit about like the kinds of things boys want to be 
when they uh, grow up. So mm-hmm. I, I've, a question I have is, what did you want to be when you were a child, and why? Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about, in the book, getting like his two six-shooters as a kid. Like, yeah. That was his best, the best Christmas gift he ever got. I liked playing cowboys and Indians with my cousin um, a lot. But I loved arm, like army guys. I always wanted to be like in the military or something. Like, like legitimately, you like was like when you were like this. I want to be yeah. in the military. Yeah. I always wanted to be some sort of like hero. Like I always okay. liked that kind of stuff, and I still do. Like sometimes I got I went on when I read this book. I kind of went on a kick of like reading like manhood type books. Mm. And there's this other book we'll probably read at some point. Um, and they talk about like brotherhood and like how a lot of times guys get back from the military and they can't really function super well in society for a lot of reasons but one of the biggest reasons is like they were so immensely close to the people that they were fighting beside closer than they would be with their wives because you're literally getting shot at like Mm -hmm. you get grown in a depth of relationship that literally being in a war zone is the only way to get there you know Mm -hmm. um I think brotherhood for me, like just having guy friends has always been a struggle in general. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had this conversation <laughs> a million times. Um, Eventually, we'll tell you the story about how Shannon and I became really good friends. It's not as you would expect. <laughs> no, it is not. <laughs> a girl was involved. Conversations or other... Co- is we'll, we'll tell you some other time. Yeah. <laughs> Keep listening. For more information. Yeah, you can be, we're celebrities, so you really want to know about our <laughs> lives. But yeah, Army, like, just everything about that. Like, you have the fighting, which, you know, I loved that as a kid. and um, Like, a battle to win, like, the bad guys to get. Like, that always would fire me up as a kid. And I, that's mm-hmm. carried, that's definitely carried through to today. Mm-hmm. Like, behind Brandon is my AR. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because of the wall. You know? uh, so, like... And the video games I play, the movies I still watch, like, are always... The ones that I enjoy the most are usually, like, have something, some sort of action, some sort of, like, greater cause. You know, that just that... There's always that line. That's so cool. For me, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Uh, oh, yeah. Which is interesting yeah. because, like, now my biggest passion is traveling. So, like, yeah, as same, you have the that theme... Yeah. Uh, throughout what you wanted to be and what you enjoy now like it's the same for me like I was fascinated by outer space my room was decorated with the glow in the dark stars Um, and so like even now it's like I still would I would love to travel for a living I don't think I'd want to go to space necessarily maybe one day I don't know but Mm -hmm. uh, there was a passage I wanted to read on pages 7 to 8 I'll skip my second question just because I thought it was an interesting passage passage and so i'll read it really fast and then i wanted to get your thoughts on it Um, pages seven to eight hopefully my book is the same (laughs) i guess we'll see um i have seven it's this paragraph right here it starts with really now i'm on page eight Um, right there nope no there's no really Um, it's after westward expansion okay it's the one, two, three, fourth paragraph of Westward Expansion. Yeah, oh, there it is. Okay, it's great. on page eight for me. Okay. Okay. So a little different versions. Now we know. But anyway. Uh, really now, do I overstate my case? Walk into most churches in America, have a look around, and ask yourself this question. 
What is a Christian man? Don't listen to what is said. Look around at what you find there. There is no doubt about it. You have to admit you have to admit a Christian man is bored. At a recent church retreat, I was talking with a guy. At a recent church retreat, I was talking with a guy in his 50s, listening really about his own journey as a man. I've pretty much tried for the last 20 years to be a good man as, as the church defines it. Intrigued, I asked him what he thought that was. He paused for a long moment. Dutiful, he said, and separated from his heart. A perfect description, I thought. Sadly, right on the mark, as Robert Bly... Laments. Yeah, I'm seeing... Okay. <laughs> Uh, I just needed to figure out where I'm stopping. Okay. Um, As Robert By laments in Iron John, some women want a passive man if they want a man at all. The church wants a tamed man. They are called priests. This is really good. The university wants a domesticated man. They are called tenure-track people. The corporation wants a sanitized, hairless, shallow man. It all comes together as a sort of westward expansion against the masculine soul, and thus the heart of a man is driven into the high country, into remote places, like a wounded animal for cover. Women know this and lament that they have no access to their man's heart. Men know it too, but are often unable to explain why their heart is missing. They know their heart is on the run, but they often do not know where to pick up the trail. The church wags its head and wonders why it, why it can't get more men to sign up for its programs. Oh, the, ambler yeah. is, the answer is simply this. We have not invited a man to, to know and live from his deep heart. Mm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that is good. Woo! Gosh, just, there's so much in that. Yeah. This, this really spoke out to me um, because, I mean, I traveled. I spent six weeks this year traveling across the country and... Uh, in in an effort to get myself back because I was in such a depressed state yeah, you're um, for that I I just up and left. I saved up money for my job and then I I quit and I lived out of my car for six weeks traveling around the country, um, and it was a great experience. Um, I wouldn't say that I necessarily found what I was searching for, but it definitely made me feel like me again, and I've been better ever since because of it. That's good. Um, but yeah, this part uh, like I love how it just. It really like, it's on point. Yeah, it's just exact. Yeah. yeah, and like so much so that it just it bites at the state of the church, which is like just one of my biggest passions. Um, like that, these men that the church cultivates are not real men. Like it, just, it, it's a broken system mm-hmm. that cultivates passive men, which hurts the women that are in their lives um, because they're not the men aren't meeting their potential and not fulfilling a lot of the needs of the women. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, the answer is simply this. We have not invited a man to know and live from his deep heart. I think that perfectly sums up a lot of the issues um, with manhood yeah. in, in the yeah. church. That's what I love about this book so much. It's like the whole thing is about that very thing. Like he's describing, it says that uh, they know that, for men, so like women know that men's hearts are on the run, and men know it too, but they are often unable to explain why their heart is missing. This book, like, explains it. Like when you're when you read it for a dude, like if you get this book, I three thousand percent recommend it. Like, even if you don't think, even if you think you're okay, <laughs> when you read this book, it like unfolds like so many emotions that you didn't that you feel but like you don't know your it just explains a lot of things that you can't quite put words to yeah um and i resonated it with it so much like it's just it's so good and 
as far as the church, like, this is a Christian book, and we're Christians, and, like, the church should, like, cultivate the mm. men that the world needs. And sometimes it does. Sometimes, gosh, like, it really freaking does, but mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't. And, like, I don't know. It just kind of stinks. Like, yeah. It is what it is. Like, that's why books like this exist. Like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, like, somebody figured it out. Yeah. They wrote yeah. a book about it. Yeah. And, like... And we get to read about it. Yeah. And, and talk about it. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think I should state that I might be a little overly critical of the system, but... <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Shanda makes a good point when he said, like, sometimes the church does make good men, sometimes it does not. Even even when even when good men are cultivated, I still think that the church does not provide them with the most of the time does not provide them with the adventure and with the passion and the and the ability yeah, to yeah. live from their full heart. Yeah, um, they might be able to teach about and cultivate a lot of strengths in them, um, but I don't think it's oh it's been uh, a complete like yeah. No, I understand. I, yeah. And what's we've both been Christians our whole lives, mm-hmm. so like we've kind of grown up in the church. And I know, like, this book was honestly my first, and I read it three years ago, two years ago, three years ago. And I'm 25 now, so, like, I was 23, 22 or 23 when I read this. And that was the first time in 22, 23 years that I had gotten any sort of grid for, like, what being a man is. And, like, you know, I have an amazing family, and, like, you know, I have a dad and stuff, and, like, not everybody is, like, privileged to have that, and, like, it just kind of stinks that I had to learn it from a book, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be learning this from a book. Like, I should be learning this from my dad or just from the church in general. Like, it's, I, don't, I don't know. Like, this should be information that a person has. Like, they shouldn't have to be recommended a book that will change their life, you know? So, but that's why it's so good. It's kind of like the Bible recommended a book that'll change your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there is just one quick point I do want to mention and I've Shandon and I obviously we're not women uh, but for some reason I'm really drawn to how he writes about women in this book um, really yeah and I think it's just the romantic in me, like wanting to be able to understand oh, gosh, yeah. the like the relationship I have with my girlfriend better. Um, but I was talking with my girlfriend about some of the concepts that he brings up, um, and one of the things that I think is just was so interesting was he makes a point to say, like women want to partake in the adventure, not be the adventure. Ooh, um, yeah, that was and cool. that was just like really, that really hit me because for so long, like my relationship had been like had been the adventure that I was putting all my time in. Uh, but there's a quote in here in the book that says, um, it's from one of uh, the author's friends, and she's like, um, something along the lines of, I don't want a man to make me the adventure. I know that story. I know how it ends. I want to be on an adventure with him. Um, take me on something. Take me to something I don't know. Yep. Uh, and I thought, I asked my girlfriend about that, and she's like, that's exactly it, like, Again, words that I didn't know how to right, say yeah. to express what I was feeling. Um, but yeah, I think that that was just such an interesting concept because the book does, it's probably about 80% man-related, 20% woman-related, but mm-hmm. I think that the 20% of for the women is abundantly clear enough to where guys will learn something, but also women would learn something from it too. Yeah. 
And gosh, like this book is so good for anybody who wants to understand their man a little bit better. You know, mm. if you're listening to this and you're a girl, recommend it to your dude. It'll change his life. Yeah. Also, if you're a girl, eventually we will have a girl on the podcast with us. Um, just they couldn't be here today. <laughs> yeah. Whenever she's available, she's yeah. young. I yeah. love her though. She's my she's my woman. Yeah. Um, uh, I I want to say that my woman has talked about wanting wanting to oh, be on this I too. Didn't know which woman <laughs> we were talking about? <laughs> uh, all, all four of us will be here. Yeah, <laughs> that would be fun. That anyway, would be fun. Um, let me look over my notes for chapter two really fast. Um, I got something. Okay. Um, I love this quote from Braveheart. Um, it's a. Uh, Oh, I thought it was right here. Well, shoot. <laughs> well, do you have something? I <laughs> yeah, if you found your thing, yeah. go ahead. So, uh, I'll look for it. To continue, like, I just realized that all my notes on Chapter 2 were all about how God and women. <laughs> uh, so, that, again, that's really what stuck out to me throughout a lot of it that I found really interesting. And what did you think about how uh he expressed like the nature of god that is expressed in women when he writes about how uh god wants to be seen and he wants to be loved and that's the expression of himself that he expresses through the nature of i love that yeah that part was so cool yeah um yeah so for context chapter one kind of explains the issue of like men have lost their heart chapter two is um uh i forget what the here i have right here it is um the wild one whose image we bear so it's basically like how the heart of man and women are expressed because we're the we're the images like Mm. we're creating in god's image so like we should reflect aspects of god yeah like and he's we're very distinct like we're very different men and women are very different (laughs) (laughs) um but that's good that's like it's we're uniquely made to reflect different parts of god he wants to be pursued um like that's such a huge thing for mm-hmm. girls, and like, Liz was talking to me, my girlfriend, the other day, because um, I was kind of slacking off and like pursuing her, <laughs> and uh, it's so true. Like, your relationship with the Lord is so much about like pursuing Him. Yeah. Like He talks, like, it provides a couple of verses, but God is like, "Seek Me, and you will find Me." Like, you know. There's this verse after yeah. verse. Yeah. And it's just, it's so clear. It's like, seek me and you find, I'm literally telling you how I want to be pursued. Right. Like, pursue like, me. It's easy. I want it. Come. Like, this is, this is how it's, right. this is it. Right. It's so, it's, it blew, it blows your mind. Um, what other parts about like women and God that stood out to you? Besides, uh, like, well, this is a little part? interesting little note that I wrote. The day that I read this chapter, I was listening to NPR, mm-hmm. um, and on it they had a writer, a woman from um, <clears throat> an Emmy-nominated show, and the writer said that in her own like sexual escapades, um, she found that in herself and in the many women that she conversed about for writing this show and the yeah, character yeah. that she was developing, that in um in sex their the physical feeling of sex was not what they were so enthralled by but emotional yeah the emotional and she literally she quoted it was uh the drama of it the feeling of being desired that really like drew them into it and i thought that was just 
an interesting reflection because that was from a, a secular um, right, perspective yeah. uh, entirely. And to, to take that and just be like, that's how also Christian women feel just about being like in relationship, but also like how God feels about our relationship with him. Yeah, because um, like marriage is a reflection of Christ's relationship with the church and we're the church and like we are in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's all connected and it's just like it's yeah. so cool. And I think it, I, I love this book because hopefully uh, down the road a little bit I'll be able to um, marry my girlfriend and like this book is is reframing some of the ways I review our I view our relationship in order to kind of get me um, the right perspective to going in into marriage like mm-hmm. that we are individuals um, with different reflections of God with uh, different roles and things and like yeah I don't know I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe yeah, it no, it's, it's beautiful, but yeah. yeah it's just this perfect harmony that God has created between man and woman uh, that like as you learn about it and as you like experience it it's mm-hmm. just a really beautiful thing yeah, I, um, you, earlier you mentioned uh, in the quote, um, women don't want to be the adventure. They want mm-hmm. to be on an adventure with you. Um, that is like, I've, there's so much wisdom in that because one, that'll kill your relationship in general. Mm-hmm. Two, if you make a person your, your, you're all in, like you're bound to, fail at some point like Mm -hmm. people are not a reliable source of identity you know and like an adventure is different than identity but like a lot of a man's identity is wrapped up in the adventure yeah exactly that's i think i mean that's probably a big reason why like adult like people like get into affairs like the adventure's over you know i've married this girl she's very familiar to me Mm -hmm. and like obviously there's so many other things that contribute to relationships dying like gosh so much stuff but like a big thing is I need an adventure. Like I, there's something inside of me that wants mm-hmm. me to, to have an adventure of some kind. And like, this seems to be exciting. So yeah. like, let's do this. And even like, like that aspect of like a beauty to fight for, I think contributes to yeah, yeah. Th- that as well. When like, if your marriage becomes something so, um, known mm-hmm. and predictable, um, like it, it seems like that would lead into that. But like, yeah, so, like, I feel like as men, we are responsible for making sure we just prevent that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. that yeah. we have an adventure that we go on with our wives uh, and, like, uh, that she remains the beauty that you fight for, however it is that you need to do that with her. And it makes you attractive. Like, if you think about the dude, I mean, like, the stereotypical dude who gets the girl is always, like, he's attractive, one, but whatever. But, like, two, it's always the guy who's, like, his life seems to be together. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing something. And, like, he's always the one who seems to get the girls. And it's like, what the heck? You know? Yeah, that's just... I'm about to be... I'm about to be super honest here. So, uh... I have always believed that the nice guy should get the girl. That is... I agree. Always what I... Because we're I, nice guys. Yeah, yeah we're, we're nice, guys. nice guys. Shannon and I are nice guys. <laughs> uh, we are not overly aggressive individuals. And we're not somebody... We really, We really care about women in general um but especially when we like are into somebody we really care about them and we do really nice things and we're both romantics um but like that's what like we we get stuck because 
were the nice guy. And, like, yeah. it's so confusing. Like, why are they going... Why... At least, like, I mean, we're dating now, but, like, before, like, why would these girls go after yeah. other dudes who are definitely not as cool as us? You know? You know <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely like, not as cool. And, like, on, honestly, like, would treat them like dirt. Right, uh, they would in, treat them like In crap. comparison. Um, but, like, I, in my current relationship, thought the nice guy was the way to go. And so, like, I would give, 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 give. And make Martha, my girlfriend, the adventure of my entire like she was it like mm-hmm. that was that was the whole goal and I it really brought our relationship down in the long run like it was good for right, yeah. six eight nine months um, and then after that we started experiencing some problems and it just got worse and worse and worse um, and then we had long distance thrown into the mix and then we got really. It was like roller coasters um, mm-hmm. until I realized like that I couldn't I couldn't any longer make her the priority of my life. Like I had to make my own life and do it with her. Right, and that saved everything. Yeah, um, and it because I I would I lost myself in her entirely, and so I didn't know anything really about myself or how to behave or anything. Mm-hmm. And but when I was able to start slowly re- regaining what I believe in and like what I'm passionate about, that saved our relationship. And she's been able to come alongside me, and I've been able to support her and her things, and it's just been tremendously better. Yeah, um, that's good. And I, yeah, I just I think that this the book talks a lot about that. Yeah, it just puts words yeah. perfectly to like experiences. Yeah, one exactly. thing because I know one thing that I like. So it talks about like. Chapter three is about being found out. We can get to that if we have time. But like in chapter two, it's talking about like how we as men can find, like we get our identity from God. And so like we need to find what in God we relate to. And like, so it talks about Jesus. You know, we have this picture of Jesus, like being the nice guy who's like very meek and mild and stuff. And like, if you're in Christian circles, sometimes you, you know what I'm talking about, like but also sometimes you might have heard, like, okay, Jesus was kind of a badass sometimes, too. And it, he, he goes on this tangent about, um, gosh, where is it? Um, talking about Jesus in a very different way as a warrior. Like, oh, where was the verse? Um, I'll get it here in a second. But it talks about Jesus as a warrior in such a way, like, to where you're like, yeah. Like, I was getting pumped up. I was like, yeah, Jesus, yeah, he's my man. Like, this is cool. Like, this is exciting. Uh, like, okay, so when they go to go to arrest Jesus, the guards come up and they're, they, what do they say? Uh, um, he knew that the guards were coming. So, one, he goes out mm. to meet them in the middle of the night. He knows they're coming. <laughs> and they just fall down. <laughs> and they ask, like, hey, they, Jesus asked them. Who are you looking for? Who does it want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am he. And they all fall down in, like, shock and fear. Okay, so I know he's the son of God. But, like, think about this for a second. Like, you're looking for a dude, and he just boldly approaches you. And, like, because he knows you're looking for him. And he's like, I'm the dude that you're looking for. Like, that's so, like, Wild West. That's so, you know, every action movie you've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. the the guy is like on the dude and then you know yeah and I love I love the point that it makes it's kind of like a side note it's like how cowardice it was to come in the middle of the night 
Yeah, like, right. They could have taken him in the middle of the day in the town square, but they came in the middle of the night to take him because right. they are weak. Yeah, they're the weak ones. And Jesus, like, he knows they're coming. He approaches them. Um, and he asks them again. He's like, who are you looking for? And they say, Jesus of Nazareth. And he's like, I told you, I am that dude. <laughs> you know, if you're looking for me, then, you know, let his friends go. Gosh, like, when it talks about when Jesus comes back, it's he comes back with... You know, he's coming back with an army and, you know, just this side of God that's, like, very warrior-minded. And it talks about this side of God that, like, if you think about creation, like, it's wild, it's untamed. In the woods, you have bears that, like, will tear you apart in, like, two seconds. Like, this world is not safe. Like, it's not coddled. It's Mm -hmm. not, gosh, if you like space, like, outer space is dangerous, like literally stars are literally nuclear bombs going off every second like this universe is not safe like it's exciting it's powerful it's dangerous like it'll kill a human in like a second like there are so many things that could kill you you know um but that reflects god in a way and like as dudes like we kind of relate to that yeah that desire to fight and like i know we're talking about fighting but like we're not talking about bad fighting yeah it's like it's like the desire to be strong and 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 have convictions mm-hmm. uh, and really just like be who you are. Yeah. Because uh. I, I think you can have, you can get this idea of like, okay, guys just want to beat each other up. Um, that's not, sure, guys can be violent, but that usually that's a, that's an unhealthy, mm-hmm. you know, you're, a dude is either passive or he's violent and angry. And then there's stuff in between. Like mm-hmm. they're, it, they're both unhealthy hearts of a man mm-hmm. they're just re- they're just uh, reflecting in a different way yeah chapter three talks a lot about how uh I, it also i think is another chapter is like angry men and violent men mm-hmm. they're hiding behind that facade right yeah. and i think it's the same thing with with the passive men too they're avoiding whatever confrontation is there yeah um and we're almost out of time here but uh, i do briefly want to talk about chapter three if we can um maybe for maybe let me see if I can find. Okay, I'll just say the one thing I thought the one thing I found the most interesting out of chapter 3 is kind of humorous. Mm-hmm. There is a list of useful things I can do oh, and yeah. useful things I can't do. Yeah, I like that. And the guy writes, the useful things I can do. Be nice, make a bed, dig a hole, write books, <laughs> sing alto or bass, read a map, drive a car. Those are good things. Useful things I can't do. Chop down big trees and cut them into lumber or firewood. <laughs> I might be able to... I could do that with tiny trees, not big trees. Uh, handle a horse. Train a dog or tend a herd of animals. I think I could train a dog. Not to attack. Right. But, but yeah, yeah. I could train a dog to be docile. Um, handle a boat without panicking the others. Absolutely not. Can't do that. Mm-hmm. Throw a fastball, curve, oh, or slider. I can barely throw a ball into somebody else's glove. <laughs> Um, load, shoot, and clean a gun or bow, bow and arrow, or use either of them, or a spear, net, snare, boomerang, or blowgun to obtain meat. <laughs> now, I think with some practice, I could probably do that. I have shot sh- shotguns before, and I know how to use a bow and arrow. Um, defend myself with my bare hands? Oh, gosh. Absolutely not. Oh, gosh. And I just thought that was such an interesting concept, because the the men of old, old and older days, uh... Even men from like the era of World War oh, yeah, II, World like, War II, gosh. they, 
knew how to do so much stuff that we don't know how to do. Um, one of my one of the things that I've been fascinated with recently is the idea of learning how to sail. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn how to sail. That'd be so cool. Um, I think if one, it, it's one, it's a little bit of a useful skill. Like if I ever needed, like I'm on a boat, like I need to get somewhere, like I can. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I'm trapped on land. Um, and then I have been wanting to get more into to guns to know their safety recently uh, mm. for that for due to all the the chaos around them. Um, but yeah, I just found that so interesting. It's like there are things that men today just just don't know. Like Shandon's. Uh, has his degree in computer science not to knock you i think it's mm-hmm. great it's a very it's a great skill that i don't know how right but in the physical world you don't need to know how to program right. so if an emp went off and killed all electronics yeah my knowledge is totally lacking <laughs> <laughs> i'm a psychology no major so <laughs> i i equally have no skills in in that regard so it's it was just yeah I just thought that was a humorous thing yeah, it and funny. it was it was just it was an interesting little note that he makes. So. Well, he even he even like he lists the things he can't do and like those are his they may be funny quips about like what do you think a man should be mm-hmm. like or should be able to do, which is fine. Maybe a true man should be able to do these things, but like there are things that he wishes he knew how to do mm-hmm. or like things that he know would be useful. You know, things that are exciting and adventurous to him. And, like, he wish he knew how to do those things. And then, to give you just a brief little summary of Chapter 3, I think it's great. It talks about how Adam was with Eve when when she was deceived by um, Satan. And uh, how he didn't do anything. And then he hid behind a fig leaf. And it talks about different types of fig, leaf that we can, fig leaves that we can hide around in the modern day. Um, but then also that like a lot of men are posing and fake and faking. Um, we yeah. might, I think we should probably talk about chapter three a little bit more in depth next time. Yeah. There's, um, there's so much in this book. Yeah. Gosh. There's it's... an interesting book that I, that I started to read one time right. we'll have to use uh, that. <laughs> called on killing. Um, huh. it's the psychological, uh, aspects of warfare or something like that. Interesting. It's fascinating, but it talks about. A little bit of stuff that I'll bring into when we talk about this chapter yeah, next week, yeah. um, along with probably chapters four and five, maybe. Yeah. Um, Honestly, we might have to do this in two chapter segments. I think yeah. three is probably a little too yeah. much to talk. If about. we can get the podcast up to an hour, hour and five minutes, like we could probably do three chapters, um, but the forty-five minutes that we're currently limited at with the device we're recording on, yeah, uh, it's not going to work. So. Anyway, I want to thank you very much for listening to the first episode of the BS Book Club. Yep. Stay tuned. It's going to only get better from here. <laughs> We're on the up and up. <laughs> this is going to be top rated, top top trending podcasts in one year. Like, subscribe, comment. I don't really know if that's on a podcast thing, uh, but give us five-star reviews. Um, Share it with your friends. Yeah. And if you have any questions, uh, you can email us starting next week when we create an email for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'd be happy to answer those. Yep. Alrighty. All right. Signing off. This is BMAC. <laughs> Shannon. This is average Shannon. Bye, y'all. <laughs>
all the things that we just said were true about ending the podcast and all those things. They're very important. But what you should know is this device says we had 48 minutes. We thought it, Brandon thought it, it was Brandon's fault. Brandon thought it said 48 minutes of recording time. We just realized it's 48 hours. So we, we cut the episode short prematurely due to, uh, Due to a mistake. Yeah, this is my device that I've had for four years, and <laughs> I didn't know that it could record for forty-eight hours. So, um, so welcome to the ne- the first hour of our forty-eight-hour <laughs> podcast. This is the the BS Book Club Marathon. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Part two. Okay, so, let's finish up chapter three. Yeah, we'll finish up chapter three because that's all we've read about the book. Uh, I gotta find my notes. Where'd they go? This is going to be fun to edit. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, you can just put both recordings together. I mean, cut off the beginning. Oh, yeah. I'm going to, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'm going to cut out some of the, like, I'll cut this out. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, other small things that we don't need of us talking. And, yeah. So. Oh, this is something I found interesting. So, one of the books that we might, I've read this book before. There's this book called Seven Men by Eric Metaxas. Eric Metaxas. That I really like. Eric does Metaxas. Eric Eric Metaxas. It's like me Texas. <laughs> me Texas. Yes. Um, and I I find myself asking a lot in my personal life, like, what is my purpose? So, like, just a brief rundown of that book that we might discuss in the future. Uh, he talks about seven men that he finds truly great, and I've uh, some of them are like George Washington, mm-hmm. William Wilberforce. Um, yeah. um, one of his friends named Chuck. <laughs> Good old uh, Chuck. I don't, and, I don't know Chuck. Uh, Eric Little, um, the chariots of fire guy. He ran in the Olympics but didn't run on Sunday, so they changed the race. Um, oh, I never heard of this. Yeah, and that was in the Berlin Olympics, <clears throat> I think. So like right before World War Two, something crazy. Uh, I think he died in a concentration camp or something, something like that. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, it was some kind of. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer, all these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, and these guys did great things. Specifically, I believe that, uh, but I thought that he brings up William Wilberforce in this, but maybe I got Might have William, been William Wallace. He brought up William Wallace, and then maybe I thought uh, William Wilberforce because I was talking about uh, William Wallace. But William Wilberforce, he was part of English Parliament and was instrumental in abolishing the slave trade in yeah. England. Yeah. Um, and that story has fascinated me for multiple reasons. They made a movie. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh. Um, that's my that's only Amazing reference. Grace, right? Yeah. That's yeah. my only reference for his life is that movie. Okay. And it's a fantastic yeah. movie. Gosh. And it's also a book, I do believe. Amazing Grace. It should be. Yeah. Um, but there's some aspects of his life that I am really drawn to. Um, but one, like one of those is like, I've always kind of had this, I mean, this desire. I've not done anything with it. Um, so that might just fall off the tree and die but like this desire like human trafficking is a really big problem in the United yeah. States and in the world and like like William Wilberforce is an inspiration in that like things can be done now to to stop that and right. like somebody at some point has to make a stand and and mean it and, and fight for it um, and so like uh in that and in like so many different other things, I find myself looking at those men and in, in, in their stories and 
and what is my purpose and what am I meant for because I know I'm meant for something. I know I'm meant for something real and powerful. Um, <laughs> not the job I have now. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, working in a retail store. Um, yeah. And so like something to fight for and yeah, so when he was talking about like William William Wallace and these and these stories of fighting and for things like that was what really stuck out to me. Yeah. Uh, what's it's not every man dies, but not every man really lives is the William Wallace quote I was trying to find earlier. Um, that's from the movie. I don't know if he actually said that. He's a real person, but yeah, I think the I think the movie kind of exaggerated his yeah uh, life a little bit. He was instrumental in the. The Scots getting their freedom, but um, nevertheless, it's really true though. Like, you want to really live like that. That would be really living. You're fighting for something, making a change. You'd actually be fighting. Like, I I went to this men's conference um, called Cave Time, mm. and they that's another book that I actually <laughs> I actually referenced it earlier. I didn't say what the name was, but um. One of the speakers at the conference, um, he's ex-military, and he was talking about, like, couldn't really talk about a whole lot of details. Um, he, his main, his main focus in life is dealing with human trafficking. Like, dealing with it. Like, he, he and whatever his task force, like, will be the ones that break down the doors and go rescue them and shoot bad guys. Like, that's what he does. <laughs> so, and he talked about, like... This is a totally offshoot, but like mm-hmm. it's it was it, it it struck me. I still remember it. That's why I'm talking about it. So like he's talking about this, and like he's this big dude. Actually, I have his book. Um, he wrote a book about King David. Uh, I have yet to read it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Another book. That's the theme of the podcast. <laughs> a book we have yet to read. <laughs> I have my bookshelf right here because we're at my. My apartment. Um, I don't know where it is, but um, anyway, he's a big dude, and he's talking about this this story. Um, this the day he says he's like the day I was looking into the face of the devil, and so he's talking about he's sitting at this table with this human trafficker, and he has this book of girls, and he's going through and like talking about these girls, like this one's you know like describes the age and like you know all the things that like just very uh dehumanized like like their items to buy and so he's he's face to face with this person and he's he has to act like he wants to buy these girls and so like he's in this across the table from this man who has a book of women who he is trafficking and like he was like, I, I just had this moment when this man was speaking to me where I was like, I realized I'm looking into the, he's not the devil, but like, I'm looking into the eyes of Satan right now. Mm. Like, this is Satan just 100%. Like, it's just pure evil is what is happening at this table. And I'm like fighting against it in this very moment. Um, and he describes it like he's, he, that's what he realizes. And, but he has to, to stay in character. Like he's he's pretending to be a person who wants to buy 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 these girls. It, it's it's a really hard it was a really hard talk to listen to, but it was very because it was a men's conference and like we're talking about something to fight for, and it was like it really gave perspective on this issue, 
gosh, the whole idea of human trapping is just so evil. Like, mm-hmm. and it's different than slavery now because it's it's like subversive. It's like it's hidden, and like slavery was. Yeah, this is the thing. Like you could see slavery, mm-hmm. but you can't see human trafficking. Right. It's like it's it's something that has to be sought out. I think that's why, like wars are different these days because usually wars are fought like. Wars used to be fought like you knew what the bad guy. He had a uniform. Mm-hmm. Like the Germans, they had a uniform. Like you knew who you were fighting. Nowadays, wars are like they're subversive. The bad guy is always hiding, um, and human trafficking is the same way. Yeah. It's different. It's different. Yeah, and it's like I guess in that way, it's something that I guess we're not used to. We're not as as a collective community of people. We're not sure how to fight things that are hidden. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with that's just that's a crazy story. It 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 was powerful. Like, yeah. Even hearing from from you secondhand is just like, oh my gosh, what would, what would it have? What been would like? you do? Like, how would you be I, that person sitting across like, the table? I don't think I could have honestly. Like, either one, I would have reached across the table and tried he to wring the like, guy's neck, or yeah, or like just break. Like, I would have. I don't think I could have maintained that. That facade, that he, necessary yeah. facade. He talked about it like being a man, like he's like, everything in me wanted to rip this guy limb from rim. Like I was literally thinking that in my mind. Like, I want to beat this guy's face in until his teeth fall out and he dies. Like that was my fundamental feeling. But I also knew I can't do that because I have a I need to save these women. Like mm-hmm. and I was like, man. How did he did he talk about how many people he was able to um, not with this story related, but he would talk about, he, he would mention like story, like stories. Um, he didn't say what his ministry was called, like whatever the name is, is, is like not known, you know? So for very reasons, you know, he's hiding too. <laughs> you fight submersion with submersion, yeah, it, submarine battles. <laughs> it was cool. I, but None of this is in our book. Yeah, it's just an interesting <laughs> little side note. Yeah. So, but um, that's—I mean—that uh, it's something to fight for. Like, it's as dudes, we want something bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think most people want that, but like, as a guy that really fires, like, I'm fired up talking about this. Yeah, I'm sure Brandon, Brandon is. Yeah, there. absolutely. Like, makes me want to go do a bunch of research on human trafficking and see just like how can I stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I, I personally, whenever, when I, I, it's probably a flaw in some way, but I do refrain from talking about it often, especially how much it affects me, because it makes me a hypocrite, because I don't do anything about it, mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes I, I think about it, and I'm like, this is wrong, and I want to do something, but I don't, and probably a lot of people are in that same boat, and we, we just, we just let it go, or eventually the feeling and thoughts, they fade uh, like right. you know it makes you feel bad <laughs> yeah. but like yeah I guess in that regard there's just a grace there's a grace, grace for yourself like, and there's like a disconnect like yeah. a disconnect and like you connect like, cause how do you do something about that like yeah. you could give money to a ministry that or like something that is trying to stop that but like mm-hmm. that's I guess personally I can't go like bust up a brothel right so That'd be sweet. <laughs> yeah, it would. I don't know where they are. Right. Yeah. Um, exactly. But so. yeah. Anyway, transitioning back to the book, there was an element of chapter three that I found uh, very interesting, 
and it's the part where he's talking about his dream in the theater. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And I found that interesting because I've, I've had that dream. That before. is the, yes, that is the exact same dream that I've had, like in the same context, like in a play. Really? No, like have you? I'm asking. Uh, very similar. He talked about another person had a similar dream, yeah. but different. Yeah, and I've had. I uh, see. So I used to do theater a lot. Um, when I was in high school, I was uh, a drama leader with my church. And so, like, drama was always something I felt very comfortable in, very confident. And even in college, I did a few plays. Um, and I always really enjoyed it. I feel very free when I'm able to do that. And I love acting. <laughs> and so I've had that exact same dream. Yeah, yeah. And it's a nightmare. It's terrible because you get to this point where, like, it's your cue. Or, like, for him, he didn't know his cues. But for me, I was like, it's coming up like it's my line. Like, I was given, like, in my dreams, I'm given the script the day of, mm-hmm. or, like, I'm supposed to have it memorized, and I'm, like, in my mind, I'm, like, okay, I can wing it slash do, memorize one line at a time, and then I say the one line, and I know nothing else, and I'm just, like, I have no idea. Yeah. And it's, inter- like, for me, it's interesting, because that's normally a setting I feel pretty confident in, mm-hmm. but in the dream, like, I'm not. Yeah. And, like, I'm gonna be as he as he writes like found out like it's gonna fail like there's nothing i can do to prevent the fact that everybody's gonna know that i screwed up yeah and his dreams for reference is basically the author in the book talks about this dream he has i think it's recurring where yeah he's he's an actor he's standing on a stage and you know he describes the dream like you know the 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 curtains open and there's a crowd and stuff and he has no idea what he's supposed to say he has no idea what his cues are and he's like vulnerable and scared and like in a very he's gonna fail and like the fear of failing i have different facades i put on like today at work i had a really good day at work i was very bubbly talkative shamed which is cool great but i know as soon as i get home i'm not gonna be like that yeah so like when am i gonna be found out there you know Mm -hmm. or I'm trying to apply for IT jobs and like I know my stuff. I have this fear of getting to a job and being found out that I don't know as much as, mm-hmm. you know, like am I going to remember everything I learned? Like am they are they going to find out that I'm just a scam? I'm not a scam, but like there's this like, yeah. you know, you think you are mm-hmm. kind of like you feel like you don't know enough or that like you're not I yeah, you don't really you don't believe that you are what they're looking for right yeah. um that you don't know like that you don't know enough exactly and so yeah yeah and that that's a but you still have to present yourself like you do right you because to... you want the job and you like you know that you can like do the job and like yeah i like it writes that this is every man's deepest fear to be exposed to be found out to be discovered as an imposter and not really a man yeah like yeah that's a very it's a very clear way of writing like mm-hmm. this is how men feel yeah even if they don't ever express that they feel that way like that is so much how a man feels yep i compare myself i used to other dudes like dudes who have lots of friends like i struggle with like male friendships Mm. um for other reasons like we can get into that later but um i compare myself in that area like why do i why do i struggle in this area with Mm -hmm. like having male friends um or like you see the macho dude who, like, is doing football, and I'll compare myself to him. Like, I'm not as strong as him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, it's a different comparison that I think women partake in, but it's still, like, the same kind of fundamental thing. But it's, like, it's different, I think, in a way of, like, I 
he seems to have figured it out. Like he seems like a man, mm-hmm. but I'm not. So like, what is he doing? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever experienced. Yeah, that. I think I definitely have. It's almost like you see these men who exude a certain kind of confidence mm-hmm. um, that you don't feel you have in yourself, and like, like I know that I've definitely been there um, from a physical standpoint. Like every time I'm at the gym, I feel, I look at these guys <laughs> and I'm just like. Even just, like, guys that are just thinner than me, uh, I'm like, oh, well, they did better. And the, I'm, all of those weight loss transformations, those make me feel great. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, anyway, so, like, I think, yeah, it's just, like, these things that other men do successfully that makes us realize our own failures or what we perceive as failures Mm -hmm more evidently and that like because they've succeeded in something or that at least like we perceive that they've they've succeeded it makes us less of a man yeah um when we just have really false representations of what of what a man is there's there's so many there are so many different signals and like today Mm -hmm. there's so many different signals um he talks about like the at the beginning of the book, he talks about the feminization of men. Like, women are... Or men are very, like, feminine now. Mm-hmm. And that's not... It's not, like... I'm not trying to, like, di- diss on... like fem- I'm kind of an effeminate guy mm-hmm. in general. Like, the men are different now. And it's not bad, but it's also not good. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... Like, I've been watching Band of Brothers as a TV show about World War II, and, like... I'm watching it, and it's an amazing show, but I'm, I, I keep having these pauses of, like, these dudes were my age. Like, this guy, Captain Winters, is, like, in the show, he's, like, the head of a company. He's my age. He's 25. And he's the head of, like, 100 men and does some of the greatest things in World War II. There's a show after, like, what he's done. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I think about myself and what would I do if I was in the same situation? Would I be able to have achieved the things that he achieved what I have done what he did and it's very like I don't think I would have I, I'm I'm different than him obviously but mm-hmm. um, I think I think in regards to that a lot of that is just is, is headspace yeah like you've never been at war you've mm-hmm. never trained for war you've never been indoctrinated with the beliefs that you're going to war right and how you need to behave in a war scenario Right. So, like, yes, if you compare, if you look the right, like, you put you here (laughs) and you put that guy right next to you, there's a very stark difference between the two, but... Almost an unfair comparison. Yeah, I don't think, like, you, like, that, yeah, that's not fair at all, because, like, I know guys who have been in the military now, and the military, from what I can understand, and I've never been been in there, like, but the from the perspective i have from a ex-marine friend he he was like they prepare you to die like you have to be prepared to die mm-hmm. and so they that's what they train you for and when you have that mentality that like you're given the mental like tools to be able yeah, to deal with it's almost like the mental separation from like i would say like the mental separation from your psyche and your like what needs to be done like your brain is not going to be like and in a time of war is most of the time I would say probably not going to stop you from doing what needs to be done mm. because you've been trained, you've been 
pulled into this, like you know, you know your duty, and you, you kind of expect that you're not going to make it out alive. I feel like that happened a lot in World War Two. Yeah, the, the, so, literally there was a scene where they're talking about like there was this guy cowarding in a foxhole, and this dude walks up to him, he's like, "You have to acknowledge the fact that you're going to die, and then I'll change everything for you." And he's like, he realizes it, and, and then he progresses it. His character progresses, and yeah. he does the thing he needs to do. But so like. Yeah, it's like that. Like that guy had been told he was gonna die numerous times. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a, in a life-threatening scenario? I've been close to life-threatening. Not anything. I think it's. I think it's like that. I think it is an unfair comparison. I do see that. Like it's like oh, we look at these these men of of <clears> history, <throat> and it's like they knew more. They were probably braver. Um, but, but we've never been in a scenario like that. That's within us, though. Yeah. The the ability to be like those men are, mm-hmm. is within us. We just haven't mm-hmm. either been in the situation where that is uncovered. Because God's mm-hmm. put that within us. Like God put it within those men mm-hmm. to be able to stop the evil of yeah. that war. Like so, like See, it's within us too. And I firmly believe that either one of us, if confronted with a life threatening situation, say like a mass shooter or something, and I hope that we never are ever yeah, in a scenario, but I think that we both believe enough in the reality of of life and and Jesus and and whatnot that we would risk our lives for other people in the scenarios. Like 100%. you have your concealed carry, I'm hoping to get mine. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell people that you have your concealed That's carry. Okay. <laughs> But, like, it's in, it's in those moments where if the, the if I think in, in us and in some Christian men who are, who have that confidence within them, when you're faced with do or die, um, and you would do it. I firmly believe that you would be a guy who, who does that. Um, I think so. I've never been tested, but, you yeah. know, I don't, I, yeah. nobody will, will. Yeah. But, yeah. So... Um, that reminds me of that book that I was talking about, that on killing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, most people think about f- uh, fight or flight, um, how those are your two responses. Um, but there's there's two more that the book kind of elaborates on. It's uh, one of them is posture, and one <laughs> of them pose or pro. I don't know. Um, so like you got fight or flight. Well, fight is right. fighting. Those are flight is runaway. Uh, posture is where you just kind of like. Make yourself look tough, even though you that makes might sense. not be tough. Yeah. Um, and then the other one, I think, is you make yourself look weak. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. So on you that. don't I run, but you kind of lie down. Yeah. You pretend to be dead or something. Yeah. That like, kind of. Yeah. That makes sense. It's yeah, like yeah. it's like a posture, but it's like the opposite of like the tough posture. So. Yeah. Um. So like it's kind of like, like one's making a stand, mm-hmm. but like not actually going and punching the dude in the face. Right. One is like I'm gonna play possum you know, or <laughs> yeah. one is just straight runaway yeah okay, that, that, yeah. that makes sense yeah so, i can see that happening yeah and i feel like that in a more intense bravery required scenario i feel like you're going to see more of that um than anything and that was literally a book about psychology and war yeah um i don't remember what the point of that was so i might end up cutting that <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's interesting. but yeah i i do i do at one point in time in my life 
however long I have left, want to finish that book. Uh, but I only read the first. It sounds chapter. interesting. Yeah. Only the first chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we need to cut that. I think we like talking about this stuff. So if people want to listen, they'll yeah. like to hear this stuff. Like this stuff is cool. This, I'm fired up right now. Like this feels. I'm excited talking about these things. So. Cool. Well, um, I do have another section yeah, that I wanted to read, if that's all right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, it's page fifty-two. But I don't know what it would be for you. Let me check. Mine was one page off. So. It's posers. Section posers. And it's the first paragraph. All right. I'm three pages off now. This is just going to get bad <laughs> yeah. as we go further. Okay. So uh, section poser, posers of chapter three. First paragraph. Adam knows now that he has blown it. That something has gone wrong within him. That he is no longer what he was meant to be. Adam doesn't just make a bad decision, he gives away something essential to his nature. Mm. He is marred now. His strength has fallen, and he knows it. Then what happens? Adam hides. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. You don't need a course in psychology to understand men. <laughs> understand that verse, let, it, let its implications sink in, and the men around you will suddenly come into focus. Whoa. We are hiding, every last one of us. Well aware that we are, too, and not what we were meant to be. Desperately that that we, oh sorry, desperately afraid of exposure, terrified of being seen for what we are and are not. We have run off into the bushes. We hide in our office, at the gym, behind the newspaper, and mostly behind our personality. Most of what you encounter when you meet a man is a facade, an elaborate fig leaf, a brilliant disguise. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so, in, in, in response to that, as much as I can be, I want to be honest during these discussions about, about the books that we're reading, about manhood and just whatever else we, uh, we read about. Because I want, one, I want our friendship to grow, and we've had a really deep friendship for a long time. But second of all, I want the listeners here if there are any, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the two of you, to really know that there are people who are being as honest as they can. Yeah, and people buy, get behind that. Yeah, that's that's my personal goal because I know that honesty is the only way that people really can feel connected to one another, and I mm -hmm. think that that's that's what I'm going for and what I'm striving for here. Uh, yeah, I think I think that is that is good. This paragraph describes me in a lot of ways. Mm. You know, less so less so now than in the past, but definitely, like, a lot of pretending in my life. I think it, it, in, like, Christian world, like, gosh, I can't tell you how many times I've pretended to, like, be in a really close relationship with Jesus to, like, answer the Christian question or whatever. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I've pretended to know what I was doing like at work or whatever you know mm -hmm. that just kind of comes with confidence like you has got to wing it yeah you know but i can't tell you how many times where i pretended to be okay and really i was not okay do you think well, this is kind of personal but do you think that during your time as a as a leader with our student organization mm -hmm. um a lot of that was i said like a posturing and hiding and or do you think like you during that season of when you were leading that, um, do you think you really kind of lived up to what was expected of you? 
I think it was a, a flow. So I've never felt more alive than when I was in that setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I oftentimes, so interesting. I, oftentimes I wish I was still doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, last time I was on campus to visit Liss, I was like, man, I, should, I wish I was like, being a leader of this thing. Because like, I felt so much passion. Mm-hmm. I think that's like me touching something that sets my soul on fire. Also, I think there was a lot of posturing. Like, it's really easy to speak a lot of Christianese when you're a leader, mm-hmm. um, and you're around of other people speaking Christianese. So, like, that's just kind of Christianese. You know, it's <laughs> self-explanatory. Yeah. Like, you just say the Christian words that yeah. sound right. You know, there's definitely that. Mm-hmm. Um, at times, more than others, like as I kind of navigated, okay, this makes me feel alive, but what do I need to do to maintain this? Or what do I need to do to be okay in this situation? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was like challenges. Um, one, I've never, I had never been a leader. I've always kind of had that mentality about me, but I've never been in a situation where I'm actually leading something. Um, there were social difficulties, like you remember, you know, the the Great War, you know, where we had to sit everybody down and talk. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like that was a thing I had to learn how to do. Sometimes we should just tell stories. Like yeah. spend spend an episode where we didn't read because we don't read. <laughs> and just tell stories. Yeah, so this week we didn't read the book and so we're just gonna talk about life. Um Yeah, I mean there were those times. So like there were learning things and uh there were new passions that developed, like I started doing spoken word poetry mm-hmm. like what the heck, like, people in my life, you know, what do yeah. you do, you know? And then they would, re- they would, I haven't done it in a while because that passion kind of died. And, like, people ask me all the time, like, have you written more poetry? Are you making another video? And I'm, one, I don't believe that I can do that again. Uh, like, as in, like, you're not capable or is it, like, you're not supposed to? Not capable or unworthy or it's not good. Like, the last time I had a conversation, just kind of touching on some stuff, like, somebody said that to me, why, why haven't you done another one, or are you doing another one, you know, whatever. And I just didn't, I didn't know why they would ask me that question. Like, I, my first feeling that went through my mind was, I, the stuff I did wasn't even any good. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't me. Hmm. You know, that wasn't. That wasn't something I was excited about. Like, I'm never going to do that again. That's so That's so interesting because at the time, you didn't think that. At least, right. you didn't express that you thought that. No, I no, I thought so. it was... I don't know if I... I knew it was good, mm-hmm. but, like, I didn't... Like, from what I recall, you were really proud of the stuff you wrote. I was really excited about it. Yeah. Especially My King, because that was, like, straight yeah, Holy Spirit. that was the one that I was thinking. That one was great. That one was straight the Lord, like... That's usually the one that people are referring to, like when they ask me, like mm-hmm. that one. And I will acknowledge it was very good. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know. At some point, I've started to believe a lie. And also, like my passions, it's another struggle I have. My passions kind of will come and then they'll die. And then they'll either stay dead or I'll resurface them. You know, video games is a passion that comes and then it'll die. Uh, other passions I have have either stayed dead or they've come back alive again later in life so mm. it's just kind of my tendency so i don't yeah. know if it's a passion dying or it's a lie i've believed or 
I don't even know how I'm talking about this now. So, <laughs> but hmm. I thought I have had is um, when I did those when I did those videos and made that poetry. I thought I've had in hindsight is like maybe I was faking and pretending to be something I wasn't, hmm. which is exactly what we're talking about, like yeah. posing. So I don't think that was true. I think I no. was. I think that's a lie no. too. I think that's definitely a lie. Uh, my King is on YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. What's the video called? Uh, it's just called My King. Um, the YouTube channel is Shannon Stamper. It's yeah. like My King with like two slashes yeah. and then spoken word. So if you guys get the chance and you think about it, look that up. It's great. Um, but, like, no. It, you were, because I remember you reading that in front of that, the organization. True, yeah. Yeah, and I, re I remember you being so excited about it because that's the one that talks about revelation right mm -hmm. yeah and you just and it was just definitely like you, how long did it take you to write that like it just happened right i was at highlands coffee house mm -hmm. in cincinnati um and i there were some life circumstances that led me to write it um but it was just like i just listened to music and i just mm -hmm. started writing um about heaven and it just like it just kind of came out yeah so like it was in one if, sitting. It was if, in one sitting. If it wasn't you as a person, it was the it was the Holy Spirit giving you that gift to share um, for a season, and you can't. That can't be taken away. The fact that you had that gift, if like if now that gift and that that spoken word season is over, if the if the Spirit has been like, okay, this is no longer what we're doing with you. Mm -hmm. um, that's fine, but you can't knock it because it was and it was real and it was powerful and people were affected by it. That's um, why people ask me why. Aren't you yeah. Like, yeah, and so like huh. those those negative thoughts about it, those confusions and those uncertainties, and thinking that like I was faking that, absolutely lies. Yeah, that's Just, the enemy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying to get at you for something that impacted people, and I would argue that 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 is those lies are coming at you because eventually you'll do more. Um, and I think that like you've had, uh, since I'd say we both graduated, we've both been in seasons of uncertainty. Um, and like, it's hard, it's hard to really like connect with the spirit when you're in so much uncertainty and yeah. life is hard. So yeah, that's true. Um, I can see that like right now, like you might not be, flexing those um, those muscles of spoken word but at some point in time because I saw it and I could hear it in your voice and, and see it in your eyes and see in the way you talked about it like that was something that you loved um, and there's no pressure obviously to get back into it at any point in time yeah. but I think that it, it was a major part of you and I don't think that you can you can realistically say that it was fake or it wasn't real and that you don't you weren't worthy of what you did because yeah. you were because one it happened and two it was actually yeah, yeah it was good and impactful mm -hmm. um, and if it's good it's good and it was right. so it's hmm. my little two cents of encouragement for Shenito over there that's some truth yeah I don't think anybody's said that in a long time about that. I haven't gotten this deep about that area of my life. Mm. So, 
We're getting real. We're good. Now the podcast has really started, guys. Yeah. Right. We're in hour two of our 48-hour marathon. <laughs> I'm going to skip work tomorrow and the next day, and we're just going to go for it. And we'll just cut it all together. <laughs> great. Uh, I wonder how deep we could get in 48 hours if we literally just talked for 48 hours. We have a really good counseling session. Yeah, but... 48 hour counseling session. We could have guests come in and weigh in on what we're doing. <laughs> um, I don't know, uh, after like staying awake after 24 hours, how <laughs> how deep our conversations are going to be. I could probably only have... Because we had had deep conversations with people from crew before. And after like hour three, I was like, I can't. I can't You get emotionally exhausted. Yeah. 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 Especially... One of my favorite things, circles of affirmations. Love those. But when there's 20 people, it's rough. Oh, I miss those. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, there's one last part last of, of chapter three that I wanted to talk about. Um, as long as you're not done yet. Are no, you good? I'm, I'm excited. Okay. We're good. We'll make this the last thing, though, that way. Okay. And did you have anything you wanted to say from the chapter? No. You sure? Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, it's the last two pages of the chapter for me. Um, 56 and 57, probably not that I'm 58 and 59. Okay. Uh, from, if you're reading along with us, it's probably 58 and 59 for you because he got, has a newer version than I do. Mm-hmm. Mine's also a hardcover, so if you maybe have an older hardcover version. Oh, there you go. Um, let's see. I'm going to start with Then There's Passive Men because okay. that's probably where I started it. Then There's Passive Men. Abraham is a good example. He's always hiding behind his wife's skirt when, he get, when the going gets rough. When he and his household are forced by famine down to Egypt, he tells Pharaoh that Sarah is his sister so that he won't be killed. He jeopardizes her in order to save his own skin. Pharaoh takes Sarah into, into his harem, but the whole ruse is exposed when God strikes the Egyptians with the diseases. you think Abraham would have learned his lesson, but no. He does it again years later when he moves to the, uh, to the Negev. In fact, his son Isaac carries on the tradition, jeopardizing Rebecca in the same way. The sins of the father pass along. Abraham is a good man, a friend of God, but he's also a coward. I know many men like him, men who can't commit to the women they've been dragging along for years, men who won't stand up to their pastor and tell them what they really think, pastors and Christian leaders who hide behind the fig leaf of niceness and spirituality and never, Mm. ever confront a difficult situation, guys who organize their paper clips, men who hide behind the newspaper or the television and won't really talk to their wives or children. I think in the same vein, there's a part, he, it might be in the same chunk, where like fathers who, he has a neighbor who he's, they've lived there for nine years, and like, he'll be inside watching sports or playing video games, and his kids are outside, and he said, oh. in those nine years of living there, he's only seen him, his, oh. the dad play with the kids twice. It makes me sick, and it breaks my heart, because one, I know that that's in me. Mm. Oh gosh, like... It's in me too. I, I'm a big television fan. Television helps me escape. When I was a kid, I'd watch hours upon hours of television a day, and now when I'm like in a in a bad state, like I I'll still do that, and it makes me it just is a, is a nice escape. Um, and I know that I could really neglect those that I care about so easily, especially when like I'm I'll be living with my future family, mm-hmm. like and I just like. And you know, like I'll go. I would probably go watch hours of TV. Yeah. And that that breaks my heart that that's in me because I don't want that for my family. Yeah. Um, and I don't like it when other men do it, and I don't want to do it. Um, but I think that's where like, 
acknowledging it is honestly the first step and being like how am I going to be proactive about about this like yeah and I think we've both kind of experienced that with our dads a little bit mm-hmm. in different ways and not to not to bash on our dads yeah you know? like we both we love our fathers you know mm-hmm. we all have our flaws and stuff and that affects us um but I'm terrified of the same thing like I love video games and it's an escape for me and it can be a healthy thing but can also be very easy to to just like I've used it to deal with like life problems mm-hmm. like back in the beginning of last year during the the six months of terror you know uh with less you know, oh, our, yeah. our break yeah. up and you know get back together phase um i bought two games and I, that's all i played to deal with my emotions and like it was good like it helped me not like spiral but that's not mm-hmm. like if that happened when i was married and had kids like i'm not going to be present like being they're not going to get you they're not going to get me and that's what they that's the only thing they really need like that's how you learn how to be a man is from Mm -hmm. the freaking person the man in the house like you know that's that's what's supposed to happen and it's like if if the men are absent somebody has to fill that role yep like somebody that that figure that the man represents especially for kids i would assume but like that is kind of what happens like Usually, it would probably be the mother or maybe a grandparent that that fills that that role. Or TV um, or yeah, video games something or just whatever. Um, but in a way that doesn't fill it the right way, right? Um, and and replicates the cycle. Like even as it says, like Isaac did the same thing where he jeopardized his wife just like his dad did. Um, it's just like these same things, like these patterns that men fall into because of like our flesh, and it's like built into our DNA. Um, they just get repeated and repeated if we don't fight them, if we don't, right. if we don't work to, to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that scares me. It really does. Mm. I think that just on the being a father in the future, like I don't want to do that. I know I probably will, but mm-hmm. you don't want to withdraw. I don't want to withdraw. Mm. Like, I don't want to be like that. I want to be this book. will get into a lot of that stuff um i just don't want to be like that i know i probably will like it'll happen but it i am i know now and i'm not even a dad yet so like i think that is a head start Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that is something that we both can benefit from it's like we both know that it's in us and we we've both been pretty self-aware people i feel like over the course very self-aware yeah of our of our friendship and so we both have been blessed with people who've been able to, to guide us through processes of being self-aware and and stuff so um I, yeah i think that that's a really a really good thing and yeah it's just a matter of when those time comes when we when we want to withdraw to really stick it out because that's where like the test of a man comes mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to like parenting and, and being a husband i feel like it's that times when you really can't stand to be where you are anymore mm-hmm. where you have to stand tall and and, and be there yeah. yeah show up yeah show up when it's hard all right this is the ending now <laughs> yeah thank you very much for listening uh to the bs podcast i hope that it wasn't all bs for you <laughs>